Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can turn with me, we're making our way through 2 Thessalonians. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6, title of our message is Faith with, can we say that out loud, please? Faith with power. I know in my personal life, when I walk by faith, when I put my trust in God, that's faith. And we're all called to walk by faith. I, I realize that there's a supernatural work that takes place when I'm trusting God, when I apply his word, when I trust what he has to say. And there's this work of the Holy Spirit that God wants to do with all of us. And the, the Bible talks about the empowering of the Holy Spirit, God's power. We're to walk by faith, not by sight. We're to put our trust in God. And it's a walk of faith. And we're to always walk by faith. So uh, we, this past weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday, we had a pastors and leadership conference. And it was just, a, we had like 27 people from the church show up. I was there Friday and, and it was powerful. I, we were talking about the Holy Spirit. And just a reminder that we as believers, we need more of God's Holy Spirit. And it, sometimes people misunderstand. I, I, I hear some churches always talk about the power, and it's just almost like uh, they, don't, they take out the fact that, wait, the power is the person of the Holy Spirit working in us. It's not just a force. It's not like the force be with you. you know, it's a, well, it's the power of the Holy Spirit, but he's a person that lives in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us, and he empowers us to have power over sin. You see, without the power of the Holy Spirit, you can be slave to sin, but God doesn't want us to be a slave to sin. God is, wants us to be slaves, if you will, or you know, bond servants of Jesus Christ. And when we come under that authority of his power, look out. And he wants to empower us, but and empower us to be witnesses. Listen, this world right now, they're looking at, like they're, they're wondering, what is happening right now? We're going to look at some things where people are in the world are even saying, well, these things look apocalyptic. This, this is end time stuff that we're looking at, and it is end time stuff. But listen, they're looking for answers. You and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, we have the answer. His name is Jesus. But they need to see not only, excuse me, they need to hear not only the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it must be empowered by the Spirit of God, and we're gonna look at that. So that's uh, some of the stuff we're gonna look at. If you can please stand with me, I'm just gonna go ahead and read some verses here. Out of 2 Thessalonians chapter one, we're gonna read verses six to 12, and we're gonna talk about faith with power. So Paul the Apostle, writing this church in Thessalonica, new believers, he says, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled, can we say that out loud, please? Rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his, can we say it out loud? Power. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. The testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ was believed by these believers. Verse 11 and 12. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with what? Power. Power. 
that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, there's a lot here. We're to rightly divide this wonderful word of truth. Lord, I ask that you would feed us, equip us, teach us, exhort us, help us to know what you're saying today. Not yesterday, not last week, not last month, not 10 years ago. Your word's alive. Bring it alive to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. As a way of reminder, Paul the Apostle is writing to new believers in the church that's in Thessalonica, a place that he, if you will, birthed a, a work there in his second missionary journey. Uh, he's writing mostly to correct false theology uh, regarding end times. So I'm excited. Uh, we're going to get into a lot of end time stuff uh, starting next week. And so we're going to look at that. But also this church, remember the fact that they were, these new believers were under a lot of persecution. They were under a lot of tribulation, not the great tribulation, but they were, they were, there was a lot of uh, opposition because they stood for truth. When you stand for truth, there will be a lot of opposition. That's going to happen. So the opposition came from the Roman government. The Roman government said, no, no, Caesar is God, so you need to bow down and worship Caesar. And so these new believers were like, no, we're not going to worship Caesar. Jesus is God in the flesh. And so some of them were put in prison. Some of them were killed for their faith. Heavy persecution was taking place. They also had opposition from the Jewish leaders of the time because the Jewish leaders were jealous, if you will, it even tells us, they were envious of Paul the apostle. But not only that, they didn't believe in this uh, Jesus as the, the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah. They rejected Jesus. And so now this encouragement comes from Paul the apostle, encouraging these believers that are under heavy persecution. And so look back at what he tells them again. He says, since it's a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those that are troubling you. In other words, Paul the apostle is telling these new believers, uh, just wait, the tables are gonna turn. They're troubling you, but they better repent. And to let all of us know here, I hope you understand this, the tables will turn. And I believe the tables are going to turn possibly very soon. You see, when Jesus Christ comes back for his church, the rapture of the church, when he comes back the second coming, everything's going to change. Everything. It's going to be normal to sing praises to God everywhere. Won't that be great? That's going to be the norm. The, the norm is praising God. The norm is truth. The normal is, is things that are right and righteous. That's going to be normal when, we, when the millennial kingdom here on earth. And so, so it, Paul the Apostle is reminding them, hang in there. Don't give up. Don't give in. Continue in the faith. God's going to give you rest. So he's telling them, so there's going to, the trouble that they're causing you, don't worry. They're going to, be, they're going to have a lot of trouble if they don't repent. And to give you who are troubled, can we say that word out loud, please? Rest. I love that word. Don't you love that word, rest? I'm not a nap taker, but sometimes I need to lay down and just rest. They're going to be troubled. They're going to go through tribulation. You're going to have rest. When? When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. When we're up in heaven. When the rapture happens, guess what? Instant rest. 
So we look at the word rest to understand what that means. But, but the contrast, okay, so the contrast is uh, when people reject Jesus uh, throughout what we just read, they're going to have all kinds of problems if they don't repent. But with us, we're going to have rest. So that's the little chart I put here. So at the rapture of the church, the second coming of Jesus, believers in Jesus will have what? Can we say it again, please? Rest. Those who reject the gospel of Jesus will have, verse 6, tribulation we just read. Verse 8 we read, flames of fire. Does that sound like fun? Vengeance, punishment, everlasting what? Look at this contrast. What, where, if you had to stand under one of these, which one do you want to stand under? <laughs> Give me rest. I, I pray you're not here today and you're under this category. How, are you, how would you be under this category if you reject the gospel of Jesus Christ and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ if he's not the Lord of your life? That's your future. God will give us rest. So again, as I wanted to say, but I'll say it now, rest means relief, refreshment, no more suffering, rest from affliction and persecution. So he's telling these believers in context, when Jesus comes, when you're with him, when you're absent from your body, once you're with him, you will have total rest. Your future is great. Their future is terrible. I pray, I hope that no one in this room or watching downstairs fall into this category. If you've rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're not submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ, you haven't repented of your sins, you are in this category for all eternity and God wants you to be in that category. He wants to give you rest. I believe in Isaiah 26, it, it talks about the rapture here. This is a prophecy and I believe this is, has to do with the rapture. Isaiah 26, 20 says, come my people, enter your chambers and shut the what? Shut the doors. Does that sound familiar? Remember in Revelation chapter four, uh, Paul, excuse me, John the Revelator, he saw an open door and, and, the, and the voice says, come up here, the sound of a trumpet, and it says, come up here. It says, a door was open in heaven and come up here. So I believe this goes right with this. We're, we're, we're gonna be caught up. He did, John, I believe that was a picture of the, the rapture of the church, come up here. And at the rapture, we're gonna go up to be with him in heaven, right? But then I believe this goes right with that and it says, and then so we're up there and the Lord's like, okay, we're all here now, um, shut the door. Why? Because this is the end of the rapture. Come up here, shut the door behind you, hide yourselves, as it were, for a little moment, rest. I believe part of this is the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're gonna be up in heaven for seven years when tribulation comes. So why do I believe this has to do with the rapture and also the tribulation time? Because it says, until the indignation is, what, past? Come up here until my indignation, my, my, my wrath is poured out. Just stay here for a while. I used to hate it when my, my dad would, you know, call someone in the room because they did something wrong and they'd, I, I, when I would do it too, I'd go in the room and he'd, he'd say, shut the door. <laughs> I knew what that meant. I'm shutting the door because I'm gonna, you know, get a spanking and he doesn't want everyone to hear me crying, basically. But this is the, just the opposite. Shut the door because punishment's gonna happen outside the door. Behold, the Lord comes out of his place don't miss the picture. Church, come up here. Be in heaven. Shut the door. And the Lord comes out of his place to punish the what? The inhabitants of the earth. For their what? Punishment. And the earth will also disclose her blood and will no more cover her slain. Guys, you do not want to be on the opposite side of that door. What will keep you? 
from the rapture of the church, what will keep you from going into heaven? Right here, your iniquities. But Jesus Christ died for the iniquities of the world, died for the sins of the world. All you need to do is believe that and allow him to take your punishment. You see, God is a just God. He has to, he must, because he's just, he has to punish sin. But Jesus Christ paid your penalty. Jesus Christ paid the price. He died in your place. He took your penalty. He who knew no sin became a sin offering for each one of us. All we need to do is believe it, receive it into our lives. And you might say, well, I don't believe that. Well, then you're gonna fall into this category because he's the only way to salvation. It's Jesus Christ. But rest for us. I believe there's a spiritual rest for us, even though we're not gonna have our final resting place until we're in heaven with him, but there's a spiritual rest for every one of us that are believers in Jesus. No matter what happens in this world, no matter how terrible the, the things are in this world, guess what? You and I can have rest spiritually. Do you know that? Isn't it wonderful when, when things are, you know, you see things like, oh no, this is terrible. Things are falling apart. You know, you might lose your job or you might do this or something, so everything's the, but you're like, God, I'm gonna rest in you. I don't know how this is gonna work. I'm just gonna do my best, but I'm gonna trust that you have it all under control. And there's such a spiritual rest. Listen, only believers in Jesus Christ can have that kind of rest. Matthew 11:28. what does Jesus say? He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, heavy burden. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus said, are you tired yet? And he's saying, I wanna give you rest spiritually. Before I came to Christ, I, I was burned out running projects, different states, running a corporation and doing all kinds of stuff. I had to constantly, I was taking caffeine pills and I was taking all kinds, I did just to stay alert, alert and awake to handle all these things that were going on. And I was like, I'm done, I need rest. Listen, then I found Jesus. Can I tell you, he gives me rest spiritually. I don't have to stress, I don't have to worry. I do my best, I pray that it's blessed and I let Jesus take care of the rest. And it rhymes. <laughs> Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. That's what we're doing right now. We're just taking the time learning of who he is through the word of God. Take my yoke upon you. He's saying, yoke yourself with me. Are you heavy laden today? Jesus says, come to me. I want to take the burden away from you. The weight that's on your shoulders. Give me the weight. Let me be yoked with you. Just as you think of a yoke, that's the, when they're plowing the field, you have two oxen. If there's one oxen, it's going to be real tough for the ox to do the work. But Jesus says, hey, are, are, you, are you tired yet? Are you fed up with this world? Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'll carry the weight for you. You don't have to worry anymore. You don't have to be stressed anymore. You don't have to carry that burden anymore. Believe me, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I had this weight. I didn't even know I had all this weight on me. And when I gave my life to Christ, it's like, whoa, where did all that go? It's like, I felt like, like a thousand pounds lighter. Spiritually, I was like, what happened? Well, he took the burden off of me. Spiritual rest for all of us, guys. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You will find rest for your your soul, have you found that rest in Jesus? Oh, when we get to heaven, in context, here in our study that we're looking at, with the chart that we looked at, we're gonna, we're gonna have rest for all eternity, but we can have spiritual rest now. Those on the other side, their future is not very good, to say the least. And if we believe that, we should do something, right? If this is true, which it is, 
hopefully we're doing our part and we're telling people about the wrath to come. Hopefully we're sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's what they, according in our text, they're rejecting the gospel of Jesus. So it's not for us to convert people, but it is for us to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus. It's up to them what they're gonna do. It's kind of like the mailman. I don't know about you. We get a lot of junk in our mail. And a lot of it I throw away, but every once in a while, very rarely does this ever happen. Like a check comes like, yes, this is good. I'm, I'm taking this one. <laughs> And I carefully look through the, the mail, make sure I'm not going to throw a check away. You know, it's like, okay, oh, look at this. Yeah, throw all that away. And it's like us. We're the mail. We're like, we deliver the mail. This is good news. This is great. This is eternal life. God wants to save you. God wants to, we want you to turn from your sins. He has eternal life for you. And that's what we're called to do. Some people say, nah, I don't want it. But guess what? Some people accept and receive Jesus. We're called to share. We have groups that go out. Joy goes out quite often on Main Street. There's other groups that go out. I would encourage you, call the church, find out. If you want to go out and share the gospel with people, if, you're not, if you haven't done that very much, they'll go out, just watch them and pray with them or pray for them. Well, you know what will happen to you? Because I know, because there's times I'll even go out with groups and I'll say, you know what, I'm just going to pray for you guys and watch. I can't shut my mouth. Once I start seeing them talking about Jesus, I'm like, you know, okay, I'm praying, I'm praying both, but I got to share. But listen, biblically speaking, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, daily we're to share the good news. Why? Do you believe this? This is in our text. Why? Because people are going to go through the great tribulation period on this earth. They're going to experience flames of fire. Uh, It's called the, the lake of fire for all eternity. Why? Because God's vengeance will be poured out on them if they reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because they'll be punished and there's going to be everlasting destruction. Why should we share? Well, it's right in our text. Do you believe it? I pray, listen, my challenge for all of us is that daily we would find a way to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I pray that you are so in tune with the leading of the Holy Spirit that you would open your mouth and watch God work. I mentioned we had my brother-in-law Martin visit us from, from London. And we went to the mall because he wanted to get a case for his, his uh, cell phone and all. And so we're walking through the mall and there was one of these uh, things set up there in the middle of the mall, kiosk, thank you. I love this group up here, these guys are great. (laughs) I need them second and third service though to help me out, but yeah. So I'm walking through and these two young men stop me and they're selling products for shoes and all this kind of stuff. And and at first I'm like, I don't need that. And then they're like, they're trying to sell me and they're like going out of their way to walk with me. And I'm just thinking, okay, I'll listen to their spiel if they listen to my spiel. So I'm like, this is it, okay. So they gave me the whole spiel, why I need to buy this, the best product, and is this, all that, and then they, they put some on my shoes, and they're doing this with my shoes, and I'm just watching them, and this and that, and I'm praying, I'm like, Lord, please open a door, these guys need you, I could tell, oh, Lord, please open a door, and, and I'm listening, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 do you want to buy some, I'm thinking how much, and they told me how much, and I'm like, okay, it's worth it for their souls, yes, okay, I'll buy it. <laughs> and they were even, I think they were shocked, they were, you want to buy it? I said, yeah, let's, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. Yeah, the shoes look good. That's great. And so they're buying in. So make sure everything's done. And they said, okay. And then I just started sharing Jesus. And it's so, do you realize when you bring up the, the J word, what happens to people? You can usually tell right away where they're at. I mean, it doesn't take but a second. I, I use the J word. One guy's like, 
And he's like, he just, he couldn't get away from me fast enough. The other guy's like drawn towards me. He goes, well, what do you mean? And I says, well, just, you know, just like to share the God. Have you heard the gospel? And he says, well, what does that mean? And I says, well, the gospel, and I explain, you know, Christ died for our sins. And so I explain, he goes, well, I read the Bible. And I go, that's awesome. I said, on your own? He goes, yeah. He goes, I've been reading the Bible and stuff. And I said, great. And so now he's quoting scripture to me, lots of scripture. The kid, the kid had a great memory, all kinds of scripture, but he's taking it all out of context. He's like, well, Job was perfect in his day. We, God wants us all to be perfect. And I says, well, we can't be perfect without Jesus. And so that word, and we just kind of broke all that up. But he kept asking. I didn't even realize. My wife said I was with him for an hour. <laughs> And the whole time I'm watching, I'm sharing with him and he's asking me questions, going back and forth and got to pray. I wish I said he prayed to receive the Lord, but a lot of seeds were planted there and God was working in a powerful way. And the whole time, every once I glanced over the other guy, he couldn't even look at us. He's like, <laughs> Sir, just because we're talking about the Bible and Jesus, he was so stirred, he couldn't even handle it. And he's laughing, he was uncomfortable. He, couldn't, he didn't even want to get close to us. And he's looking at his friend like, really? Every once in a while, I'd see him like, come on, get away from this guy. You know, it's like... And the kid, the, listen, God showed up. That's what we're called to do. Even my brother-in-law, he told Kathy, he, he's like, yeah, he goes, he was he's giving him like, a, like it was a sport thing. He's giving him, she says, yeah, I've been watching. This guy's not really paying attention. The other guy's really into it, asking a lot of questions. And he's like, I was like, that is so great. Jesus Christ, I believe, can come at any time. I know there's some in this room have a different theology, but I believe that the trumpet could sound at any time. Whatever your theology is, there is a heaven and there is a hell. I hope and pray you know that. Those that trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and repent of their sins and accept the free gift of salvation will have rest forever. Those that reject it will be punished. You might say, that's not fair. Well, you argue with God. That's his word. Actually, I believe it's very fair. None of us deserve grace. None of us deserve eternal life, but he gives it to every one of us. But you have your free will to choose. Choose this day. Who will you serve? I'm making the choice every day. I'm going to seek the Lord. I want him to rule over me. But guys, the, the, the thing is, if this is true, which it is true, I pray that this message stirs us up in a good way. Don't worry about what people think of you. Don't worry about if they get mad at you. I'm not telling you to be obnoxious, but I am telling you, pray and ask the Lord, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and, 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 and share the good news of the gospel with the people he's called you to. They need to hear the truth. Amen? Paul the Apostle tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.20, says, now then, we are what? For who? Do you know you're an ambassador for Christ? You, you represent Christ on the earth? You're an ambassador for Christ. You and I are ambassadors of Christ. But listen to what it says, as though God were pleading through us. When you spend time, you pray for people that are not born of the Holy Spirit, guess what? God starts stirring inside of your heart a love for the lost. And not only that, you open your mouth and God, it's like he's imploring. He's, he's speaking through us. Why? Because he loves those people that you're talking to. He pleads through us. Why? Because he realizes that if they don't turn, there's destruction. And it's, it's his will that no one should perish. He did not create hell uh, for, for mankind. He created it for, the, for Satan in the demonic realm. But those that reject the gospel will go to this place. It's real. I don't care what church you went to. It's like, well, the pastor at the other church says that hell's not a real place. <laughs> well, the pastor at the other church is not interpreting scripture with scripture. Hell is a real place. 
And we just read, flames of fire, torment. God does not want one human being to go there. But the only way out is through Jesus Christ. And we have the truth. We know the truth. We're his ambassadors, reconciling people back to God. For he made him who knew no sin. So, I'm sorry, back to here. We implore you on Christ's behalf. This is what we're to do. I implore people to be reconciled to who? So we're called to, to tell people, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Your sin separates you, but guess what? Jesus was a sin offering, and he paid the price. All you need to do is believe that, receive that, and you too can have eternal life. It's that simple. I implore you, I beg you, turn away from sin, turn away from this world. God has a much better plan for what he's called you to do. Everything about you is different. All you need to do is turn to him. Repent of your sins. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.